Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. Do I offend? What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in a living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time. DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and maybe you could have me at your next event. You know I like to party with the people. The people need to be entertained. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Let me entertain you. Hey, you know, it's nice to be a part of people's big days, especially their weddings or birthdays. I get to do a lot of corporate events as well. This weekend, I'm doing an 80th birthday party. It's a surprise. Shh, don't say anything. <laughs> What are the chances that they watch this? Uh-oh. <laughs> no, it's good times. Lots of good times. All right. Speaking of good times, today on the program, I have James Carpenter. And uh, what? What do you mean? You don't you, you don't know a lot about James Carpenter? Well, you're going to find out more in the next few minutes. So stick around. This week's shows, I have one public show where I do the video dance party karaoke jam. And that's at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Come on out. And join us, won't you join us, at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Video dance party karaoke jam on Friday nights from 8 until one. Oh wait, 8 until 1230 in the AM. The people got to be out the door by 1. <laughs> but it's a good time. We Four and a half hours of action packed. It's a little concert starring each and every one of you. Yeah, you get to sing a song. All kinds of music, all kinds of fun, all kinds of people just hanging out and loving together. Full bar, kitchens open, pool tables, pool tournament on Friday nights. So if you want to try to make some money on a Friday night, I encourage you to check out the pool tournament. Hey, you can make some money while you're waiting to sing a song right next to me on stage. And yeah, there's dancing. Oh yeah, there's dancing. That's the Rab, Conway, Arkansas. Friday night, 8 p.m. until 1230 in the AM. All right, that's enough intro. Let's get into it with James Carpenter. I got him on Skype, so if you're listening to the audio version, I encourage you to check out the video version as well. <laughs> Skyping James Carpenter now. James Carpenter. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. We got, we got to start. James Carpenter, travel. I like it, man. Let's start right off the bat. Are you a traveling man? Hey, I'm a traveling man. I love to travel, uh, definitely. Uh, they're all over the world. It don't matter. Just getting out of the house and going, leaving my neighborhood. Definitely excites me. Well, James Carpenter, Travel, and I'll keep calling you James Carpenter Travel because that's the brand, that's the name, and what he does. That's the name and the game. How about that? <laughs> All in one sentence. But uh, James Carpenter, maybe you'll give the people an idea of who you are. Okay, well, you know, um, uh, my name is James Carpenter. I am from East Chicago, Indiana. I grew up and uh, went to Central High School, graduated. Afterwards, I went to the military, sir my country for eight years active duty uh i enjoyed it got a chance to uh learn some things grow up and mature 
uh, while I was in, I, I got out um, after the Gulf War. And I had several tours of duty, two tours of duty on active duty. Got out, uh, went to um, St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, met this wonderful lady who messed up my haircut a couple times. And then um, I let her cut it over and over again. I was patient with her. And we ended up getting married. <laughs> after that and then um, you know two beautiful kids which are now in college uh, to this day so um, our relationship we grew apart but uh, two beautiful kids you know one going to be an engineer and the other one is going to be a psychologist so um, I've been uh, working on marketing I do hurricane shutters on my full time job but uh, my uh, JC travel was something that I was involved in. I was introduced to it by a friend of mine. I love traveling. I love going places, and I decided to get involved in the travel industry um, and 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 market it because I found a group of people who had the same type of interest. And so what I did was I I, I connected with them, and and really the the fun part is just connecting with like people who love to travel. Just excited. You say the word travel. It just brings the blood pressure down, down. It, it just produces endorphins in the brains, and so we get excited about travel. So I, I love that. I decided to, to become a part of that. I was um, I was doing a little bit of marketing, and I met um, Katrina, and uh, Katrina um, from Cost Travel. She is just so awesome. She reached out to me and told me. She wanted to help me expand my business, bring, bring some customers. And I just posted a couple of things and really uh, not so much about travel, just really trying to build a rapport with people mm-hmm. because social media was something that I really didn't do. Um, but anyway, she brought me into contact with some people, started helping me market. And then there it goes. JC Travel is is one of the things I'm involved in right now. Well, I say, you know, Katrina Tejador, definitely nice lady. Uh, and it's cause marketing that she's into. And I, I appreciate her for getting us together and putting this, uh, putting, you know, I get to talk to people and learn from people. And I can see that your, your voyage, voyages in the army are you know, even though that there was hardships when you went to uh, Iraq and I appreciate that you went there and I'm sure my listeners are thinking the same thing. I appreciate that you did that uh, fighting for our freedoms. And, you know, we could talk about the politics of that if you'd like, it, it, you know, what, how, you, how you feel about going to Iraq. But did that instill the love of travel for you? Because, you you know, you, you do go over there. Primarily, you have a job, but you do get to go see some people. And, and meet some people and see different uh, different types of people. And, and, you know, what what gave you that? Did that help to instill your love of travel and, you know, the, the want and desire to get other people into traveling as well? Um, it, it, it actually did. Um, I, I tell you what, um, it, even though there was some hardships, Dan, I tell you what, it brought um, an appreciation for travel because you no know, one thing about it is um, just saying over there in, in the Gulf War, the life of some of those people, uh, they lived hard. You know, everybody would think, oh, they, they're living good and this and that. No, a lot of people lived hard lifestyles and in the desert, sleeping in tents, 135 degrees. And so, you know, just going that gave me appreciation of what we have in the United States that so many people um, take for granted. You know, I mean, we think it's hot 
you know, we think, you know, 90 degrees is hot, 100 degrees is hot, but 135 degrees and people living that year round, you know, 135 degrees, 120 degrees, 110 degrees. I mean, wow. I mean, it's just, it's just tra- crazy. So yeah, I, I grew an appreciation in some of the, uh, the, the, the foods that they had to eat, eating a camel, you know, you got to get one of those there. <laughs> camel burger? A camel burger. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, because if you look at a camel, a camel is a, a ugly looking creature. It's to me, you know, that's my opinion of it. Some people might think it's, but, um, you know, found myself uh, just for the sake of DP, you know, hey, let's go get a camel burger. And I, I was kind of tough, but, you know, it, it still worked out. So uh, it, it worked out. I digested it. I didn't die. And um, just talking with the people and sharing their culture and this and that, that expanded my love for travel, just watching how other people, and, and you know, they have different forms, um, how they eat, how they live, their family values, their dress code, their every, I mean, it's just a whole different culture. And so just, uh, you know, being in the military, I mean, just, I had a great appreciation. Went to, I got a chance to go to Germany, you know, got a chance to go to Italy. Um, I mean, those, the lifestyle is so much different than what we have in the United States. There's a, they are pretty active people. They do a lot of walking. They do a lot of cycling. They do a lot of, you know, you would think that, hey, you can travel. You got good roads and actually, you know, but they actually, to be honest with you, they do a lot of walking. You know, they eat pasta in, in Italy and things like that. And uh, But you know what? They do a lot of walking. They're physically fit. They're active. They, they have family values. They sit down with their families at the dinner table and eat dinner. That's in a very important bonding process, you know. And I, I believe in the United States, we've kind of gotten away from that. So, I mean, just the love of watching other cultures and connecting with other cultures, I mean, that just expanded my love for travel. And they have places over there in Germany, you know, the Black Forest, where you can go skiing. Never got a chance to go, but, uh, and to this day, I never got a chance to go skiing. But I want to get on the kitty slopes, Dan, you know. <laughs> So my love for travel has definitely, uh, the military actually has steeled me a love for travel and connecting with people who like travel. That's one of those things. You know, I've, I'm not a well-traveled person outside of these United States. I've, I've uh, been everywhere uh, south of the Mason-Dixon, I guess. Uh, I really haven't traveled north of that. You know, from, from D.C. out to California. You know, and and all points in between. I've done that kind of traveling, but you've had the privilege and the honor of traveling outside of these United States. People think, you know, hey, that that house is a hundred years old. Oh my goodness, that is so old. You go to Germany, you go to Italy, you go to France. Some of these things are five, six, seven thousand years old. Yeah, I mean, yes. do you? I, what what did you appreciate? And you've already told me that uh, there's food. That brings people together. If one thing about different cultures, when you go travel, you want to taste their food and that helps to instill. Well, I mean, not to be punny, but the flavor, the flavor of people is in their food. So tell me about the, the travels. Tell me more about about this uh, uh, camel burger because I really need to get one. Is it huge? Because I, I always thought, well, I mean, maybe I'm fuzzy, but I, I thought Muslims were were primarily vegetarian. But I guess not all of people in, in Iraq are Muslims and, and they have to uh, feed 
other people that are that are there that are not vegetarian. Am I right? Am I wrong? When you you know, what did you learn about that culture? Well, yeah, there there is um there is some that 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 don't eat meat. Just like in the United States, you know, you have your vegans, your vegetarians, your people, and then you have people that eat meat. They eat a selecting selection. So there are certain meats that they won't eat. They, they some some of them wouldn't eat beef. You know, beef is a unclean food, a nasty food, or whatever. You know, they would eat. But, you know, we eat beef commonly in the United States. So uh, a cow is considered unclean. And I'm like, wow, that cow looks good to me. The bigger, the better, you know. But in their culture, it's, it's just a whole different story. So, you know, you have something. Uh, people over there, they just have, um, just like us, they have different classes and groups of people who, they're selective on their their diet their dietary needs and how eat in the culture and and some of them um, is is birthed out of religious values. Some of the religious values are different, and they say you know of course in their religious value don't eat this or don't eat that, and and they follow those those dietary to their beliefs. So um, yeah, but I got a chance to, uh, to eat a camel burger. It was kind of kind of uh, a little tough. Um, I it took, you know, for people who eat, um, uh, let me see, not liver, but, uh, what's, uh, I was thinking about a food, not liver is not gizzards. Always. gizzards. Okay. Gizzards. So it was, it was a mixture of say liver, uh, liver and gizzards, but it was, it was a little chewy and, uh, you chew it a little while. You're not going to chew it in one or two bites. You're going to chew, chew, chew. And then, then, you know, finally digest it. It was pretty much a solid patty. <laughs> and uh, you know it was it wasn't bad it wasn't bad you know it wasn't bad you know, you, you're making me a little bit homesick because I know that you're in Daytona Beach. I'm I'm from Miami, born in born in Miami, raised in Fort Lauderdale in the Florida Keys, which is where Keys Dan comes from. But man, I spent a lot of time in Daytona, and I, I lived a year in Orlando. And the only way to go to the beach in Orlando is to drive an hour out to Daytona, and then you you know use Daytona Beach as beach. But uh, do you spend a lot of time? I mean, give give people. Well, I, I want to go with now what you're what you're doing in daytona but i want you to travel back to uh to chicago as well there's another town that i've never been to that i would love to be a part of uh, from what i understand the closest i ever been i was i think before i was one years old i spent time in indiana somewhere in uh greenville or green something indiana and that was the closest that i've been and so i guess i did spend some time north of the mason dixon but i i haven't you know, I don't remember it. I w- it was before I was one. But, uh, you know, tell me about uh, tell me about what, what are you doing in Daytona Beach and and how was it growing up in Chicago? And what are the difference between the two, if you can remember? So, yeah. So actually, Dan, I actually grew up in East Chicago, which is actually in Indiana. OK, now, there you go. It's on the uh, border of the Indiana Illinois borderline, actually. And then once I crossed, I was 10 minutes from the border. So once I crossed the border, I'm in Illinois. And then I got family south side of Chicago, north side of Chicago, this and that. So I'm right there on that borderline. Um, you know, they have like East Chicago, North Chicago, South Chicago, and then they got a place called New Chicago now. And so it's just uh, a lot of people didn't know that, but <laughs> oh, it was like, wow, I was like New Chicago. So, you know, just even uh, looking on the map, I was I didn't even realize that myself, but, you know. They created a, a new Chicago. So there, that's some historically for people to go visit and go see. But I tell you what, it, it was it was um, great uh, growing up in, in, in East Chicago. 
I thought, you know, growing up, and I guess a lot of people do, that that is the greatest place in the world to live, Dan. I thought that East Chicago was like the bomb and this and that. There's nothing like being uh, from East Chicago. I believe that um, that really, I, I thought, you know, I was in L.A. or somewhere. You know, I mean, you couldn't tell me no different, you know, growing up. Um, for the most part, I mean, you know, growing up with good parents, uh, well, my mother and father divorced. Uh, but I, I grew up, my grandmother, my mother, good, good spiritual people. And I'm going to tell you what, growing up, we really, you know, when, when people talk about Neighborhood Watch, we had what's called Neighborhood Watch. I mean, it was everybody, how they, the statement that people say, it takes a village to raise a family. I'm going to tell you what, that's exactly what happened. If I was doing something bad, my neighbor could, you know, my neighbor or somebody could say, hey, I caught you doing something, you better stop that or, or they can even spank me if they, they need a test happen if it was reported back to my parents. You know, I'm gonna get so you know, I had to kind of I had to kind of live live somewhat a good life in front of people because you never know who was watching, you know, I had to go out and sneak off and do different things when when I you know, behind closed doors or kinda isolated events, you know, because it could be reported back to your parents and now you get chastised twice or two or three times in a day over the same incident. But, I mean, we had fun. I mean, we grew up, I'll tell you what, you know, love basketball growing up, uh, got into football growing up. Um, going In my high school years, I got into cross country and wrestling, and I, I loved that. Matter of fact, I was one of those people that they were like a Forrest Gump. I used to run 10 miles and just go just run, run behind uh, one of my cross country coaches, um, he actually had me running behind his uh, Buick Riviera, and so he would ride and he would train me. He, the first year of my cross country school year, because I started running, and uh, later on I became the best running team, set records, and everything. I'm telling you, I was like Forrest Gump, and and I loved it. But at, but at first I thought, yeah, I said, well, this guy, how is he gonna train me? Well, he was training me on how to push myself, you know, riding in the Buick Riviera, and and we're riding and we're riding and we're running over bridges and we're following him behind the car, you know. <laughs> and uh, that was the training to push myself. So, and that was before the military. So I kind of already had a certain discipline, even when going to the military, to push yourself to be all you can be, you know, take it to the limit. So I love doing that. I love going up basketball. I grew up. Uh, I, I was made to go to church. It was it was mandatory, you know. And but uh, one thing about my church growing up is they always had coffee and cocoa, and uh, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go just so I can get coffee. We need to be there early so I can get some coffee and some cocoa. And uh, that was a beautiful thing. But uh, I had good people around me, surrounded. Um, I grew up not too far from where I stayed, maybe um, less than ten miles, maybe about ten miles or so. Uh, Gary, Indiana. And uh, I got a chance to um, visit where Michael Jackson lived. But before that, uh, my father and my my grandmother and them they used to babysit Michael Jackson at the time, you know. And uh, they used to they used to talk when they were very little. They taught them little dance steps, and then they moved away and they went to Detroit and they went off to L.A. and they went off to do whatever they needed to do. But uh, yeah, I grew up and I, I've been to his house where he where he lived at on 2500 uh, Jackson Street in Gary, Indiana. So it was, I lived, you know, for me, I lived a star life. And growing up in a small town in Chicago, 
know yeah james was- carpenter you said uh, gary indiana and that's the first thing i think of is michael jackson that's the the biggest thing that ever came out of there i think i think david letterman and maybe uh john cougar might be from somewhere around there but uh no when you say gary indiana you say oh michael jackson that's that's absolutely correct but that's yeah. fantastic did you have that that little brush with greatness you know whenever you go visit you get that that feeling you know and and and, and we have those brushes with greatness and and you know but in 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 our own way we're all kind of great at something and you're great at something man but being born and raised in east chicago you know you start to to develop an affinity for it you you grow you you live and you feel like huh that's got to be the best place ever well i thought about i thought the same thing about miami and i know that traveling you find other places that it's all it's what is it it's oh so nice to go traveling but it's so much nicer to come home i i've heard that song before but uh funny we're about the same age and when you said new chicago uh you know uh the my family's been re-watching buck rogers in the 25th century and uh when he goes 500 years he goes to new chicago so as soon as you said new chicago i went huh buck rogers i've been watching that show just now but you know chicago's got so much flavor in it did you spend a lot of time going into the city as well i mean you went you went i guess east to gary but did you go west into uh into the heart of chicago and spend time listening to some of that that good good music oh yeah i'll tell you what I, i really appreciate um a lot of the festivals, I'm going to tell you what, they used to have um, definitely the, the Pepsi and the Coke challenges. They used to have festivals all the time. I mean, and they just wanted just just wanted to, you know, taste, you know, because it was always a rivalry between uh, the Coke and the Pepsi festivals. But they always had something downtown. Uh, we had a place in, in Jewtown called uh, Polish Sausages. Uh, Jewtown, Jewtown was actually a place where they had a lot of sidewalk sales. And I don't see that a lot today, but they used to bring things out of the, the stores and you walk down the sidewalk and everybody, you know, from the stores or even private vendors were on the sidewalk trying to sell you everything. Like if you see on TV, the guys talking about you got to watch, you know, they would open up their jackets and then you had a watch, <laughs> they had a bunch of watches, you know, 50 to 100 watches hanging from their jackets. What you want, I got what you want. You know, if you need a radio, you can get everything you wanted over there off of, off of Jewtown. And uh, I'm telling you what, it was just amazing. The festivals were amazing. That was amazing. Ooh, some of the greatest polar sausages that I had in the world were from Jewtown. And then they had some great hamburgers. I never, they had some hamburgers and they put mustard on them. They had no ketchup, but they put mustard and onions and they, and they sauteed the onions, and uh, man, I got I got hooked on sauteed onions, and it wasn't. I mean, so it was just so many different things. Um, the Navy Pier is is definitely a, a place to look at, you know, for people who like to go down to Chicago. And then I've been to what they call the Willis Tower, but it used to be called the Sears Tower, which was one of the tallest buildings in the world. But you know, it's it's on the list now. There's more. They got more in Dubai. They got more. You know. In New York and other places, but uh, the the Willis Tower now great place to go and see and work and you can see everything over the city and it's just a beautiful scenery. So I mean, there's just so many riding the train, getting on the train and going through the city and just just riding. It's it's just a beautiful thing, you know. 
Um, I mean, it's just, uh, there was concerts, there was a lot of different things to go see. It's always pretty much busy. It's a little, um, Chicago is actually a little small, what they call a little small New York, you know? Mm-hmm. So you got 2 million people in Chicago, you got 8 million, 9 million in New York, but it's pretty much the same, a city that never sleeps. I mean, you can go, and if you want to get pizza at 3 o'clock in the morning, you can get pizza at 3 o'clock in the morning, which they got some great pizza too. Tony's Pizza. <laughs> oh, <them>. Shout out. <laughs> Hey, shout out to Tony's Pizza. But, you know, um, here in Daytona, you know, if I wanted to get some pizza at 3.30 in the morning, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of scarce. You better wait until breakfast. You know, you better wait until they open the next day. So it's it's, it's a lot different in comparison to uh, Chicago and Daytona. Um, one thing I, I, I like about, um, I like about, um, home that's here is like even now it being november well you got a little chill there and then later on when we wear our boots for the chill we're wearing boots because we need to wear boots you need to warm up you got your scarf you know we know that you're going to get opportunity to wear your winter clothes and you're going to bundle up um right now over here we're wearing um boots and and wearing school caps and women wearing i mean they're dressed up because it's, it's really a fashion statement you know they might have shorts on with boots you know i mean you got shorts with boots it's a fashion statement so it's a little bit different here been seeing the snow i love snow what i did like dan i did like shoveling snow um so we we had to put cardboard over our windows that the the windows wouldn't freeze up that's one way to kind of alleviate once it snows you know um the 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 cardboard actually sucks away it it suctions on to underneath the windshield wiper and you put that on there and it actually stops your windows from freezing up. And uh, so that would help so that you wouldn't be, you know, you, you wouldn't have to spend so much time you know, scraping your windshields. It's my, at least in the front, you know, you could do it in the back too, but you know, putting them underneath your windshield wipers, that was a great way to put it. Um, you know, also putting some cardboard underneath your, um, underneath your, um, your hood, the hood of your car, that kind of helps a little bit. And actually taking little hand warmers and putting them underneath uh, underneath the uh, hood of your car actually kind of helps it from freezing up. Because some of the hand warmers actually last for about eight hours or so. You know, some of them five. But, you know, if you put them on at night, then you got a little warmth and it won't completely, completely freeze over your radiator and everything. So I learned a little tricks growing up in Chicago. I felt like, you know, uh, what's the mountain man, survival man, being there and uh, here in have a great appreciation the snow is awesome i love it i took my kids there um about 10 years ago they first time they saw snow they were amazed because they're they were born in saint augustine florida and i took them to uh east chicago we had uh, a great time snow was on the ground it came snow fresh snow they went outside made snow angels waddled in the snow started eating snow made their own snow cones and, you know, I was concerned about them getting sick, Dad. But the truth is, they enjoyed themselves. And, I mean, they didn't have gloves on, but they were excited. And, you know, what? I was excited about uh, them being excited. You know, there's nothing that can compare to the memories of your family being happy. And that's one thing I like about it, you know, the memories that I had, the memories that I spent with my family, the memories that I spent with my friends. The memories, you know, uh, there's nothing compared. Money can't, money ain't fair to those memories. You know, money goes and comes, but memories 
are always lasting. And that's one thing I like about travel as well, memory. James Carpenter, you're watching things through their eyes and you're seeing it for the first time as well. You know, you were talking about Chicago and New York. Uh, I don't know if you remember this comedian, Richard Jenny. Back in the 80s, he had a, uh, a show, one of his specials was called The Boy from New York City. And he said uh, he likened Chicago. These are people from New York that thought, oh, I like the, the crime and, and the congestion, but it's just not cold enough. Let's go, to New- Let's go to Chicago. You know, it's just not cold enough. You get all that crime and, and, and uh, congestion just like New York, but colder, you know. And I guess because it's inland and get the uh, the sake of a breeze but uh, my the only thing i really know about chicago is from watching the blues brothers and my brother was in the uh my little brother was in the navy and he went to uh, great mistakes i mean great lakes uh to to do his training did i say that wrong i might have said it wrong it's possible but uh you know okay my goodness you're already developing a love for travel with your kids, even those jaunts from from uh, uh, from Florida to East Chicago, you're giving them a taste of oh, it's different. It's not the same degrees all year long like I thought it was in Miami and South Florida in the Florida Keys. I thought it was seventy degrees all the time everywhere, but then I moved to Arkansas, Central Arkansas, and it does snow. For about three or four days. That's enough, man. That's enough. I don't like it. But you're giving me tips. I got to get some cardboard uh, before next month when it starts to uh, get really, really cold. My goodness. You're giving people tips. You you never know what you're going to learn here. James Carpenter. Uh, t- I mean, tell me more. Give give people more of an idea of uh, through your travels and and how you've helped other people in their travels. How, how can you help other people? to travel where they they've been dreaming about maybe stuff they saw in a movie or maybe they saw a poster huh venice i wonder how to get there how do you help them get there <laughs> well one of the things is um you know i'm uh, my website on jctravel.com i have a, a little bio of myself but i was involved in a company called iBoomerang and i'm, I'm involved now and iBoomerang is a company because they provide different aspects. They help you save money on travel. They give you your own personalized travel site and uh, pretty much they have 110% guarantee. So if you find uh, uh, somebody within 24 hours, Dan, if you were to go and say, I want to go to Venice, Italy, you know, um, then you can go search Venice, Italy. But with, if you find something where cheaper within 24 hours, they would actually give you a refund of the difference. You know, and uh, so they will give you a refund of the difference. So it's 100 percent guarantee, not just a price max. So they would give you a 10 percent on extra on the difference of what it's going to be. So a hundred dollars, a hundred and hundred dollars and somebody else had it for ten dollars more. Well, you're going to get that 10 percent extra because they were supposed to beat that price. So not just price matching it, getting that extra back, that extra 10 percent. You know, before your trouble, since you found somewhere else. So they try to keep you honest, be competitive. You get your own personal travel site, each customer that signs up, you know, and I can I can also uh, send some links out. But they you can you can have um, flights, hotels, you can have vacation packages, you can have cruises, you can have, uh, you, you can go to uh, Airbnb, 
Um, you actually have different places like, uh, say you're in Miami and they're doing a boat show or a concert. You can look up on on your back office and find out what is going on for the month. If you'd like to sign up and get tickets, you can do all that in your back office. So um, right now in Daytona, you can go on the site and we have certain things that will tell you about the money. It doesn't list everything, but we have uh, a lot of things that, that's going on here. They actually have tickets, you know, uh, like, for example, we have a strongman contest. This came to my head actually Friday. We have a strongman contest at the city, uh, the, the, um, the, the uh, what is it called? The center here, the ocean center, excuse me. The ocean center, we're having a strongman. Those things that you see on TV, well, that's going to be here right here on Friday. So those events and, and sort of things, you can look at the back office, see what's going on, purchase your tickets and some other travel agency. It's kind of like a one-stop shop for what you want to do uh, in your back office. So that's, that's one way you can, you can have that event. You can live that event. You can look at it. You can also, we also have a group that you can be involved in and you can get in there and connect with other people and get testimonials of people who've been certain places that you like to go ask questions, get previews. Also, before you take your trip, if you want to, you can uh, talk to the concierge and say, hey, look, I want to know a little bit about um, Venice or Rome or this. And you can actually call customer service. They'll give you information. If you want to even take it further and you said, uh, I'm like, we live in Venice, Italy. If you wanted to say, I'd like to get a tour guide, you can, they can set you up with a tour guide. You know, uh, there's, so there are just awesome opportunities where people can get that chance to travel and have experience, you know, those experiences, the moments, you know. So it's it's a great way for people to connect, great way for people to actually make your dreams come true because I'm getting ready to do the same thing. So I'm, I'm not just talking this. I'm talking about something. I'm living this. I'm making plans. And, uh, you know, you plan a year out, two years out, wherever, you know, you want to go to Israel, Egypt. One of my places is Dubai, Dan. Um, that's my dream place. And uh, Dubai is not, you can't go, I can't just take my piggy bank over there. Um, so I found out a little things about Dubai now, but uh, I'll be traveling, you know, probably in, uh, probably next year. I'll probably be, uh, sometimes I'll be going over to Dubai because that's uh, my dream, my dream spot. So I told myself before the end of next year, Dubai is on my dream list. Oh, man. You know, you're talking about uh, strongman competitions. I like watching those, man, because it's big, fat guys hey. like me that are picking yeah. up just some crazy stuff and then they're off to the side eating a camel burger um, 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 um. that's their training um, um. i'm gonna have a camel burger then i'm gonna lift five thousand pounds over my over my head you know oh it's a, those, those are amazing to me but talk about traveling you, you know you it sounds like what you're talking about uh, people like well like myself who don't don't have a lot of disposable income and i really have to plan ahead if i want to make those those trips you know set some aside set some aside do you help people uh, with the finances to where they go you know hey how much do you have to set aside if my goal in 24 months is to get over to uh indonesia or or definitely dubai with their tall buildings isn't that the one with the that's the guy that's the tallest towers now in the world right yes yes dubai they, they have the tallest towers in the world yeah and so we also um we and and i will have to see uh check back but uh we had a program set up 
where uh, some of the people can actually put deposits on some of their, their trips. And that allowed people to save money, put a deposit down, kind of hold your trips. Uh, some of the trips were kind of more exclusive. And, you know, or else, you know, we, we talk to people and help people. Hey, look, why don't you put so much in a fund over here? Have yourself a travel fund, set up a bank account. And this will be for your dream vacation. You know, try not to touch it. You know, I don't care if you have to put $5 away or $10 away each week. You know, you you planning next year, hey, take yourself. You're worth it, you know. Yeah. Extra money. <laughs> Actually, James Carpenter, you are so right. You're making an investment in yourself, in your future, in your dream, in your plan. Like you want to buy a car, you want to buy a house, you want to buy a washing machine. You, you want to go on vacation. You got to save away. You got to put stuff aside. And yeah. If you had a way to where you had a, a layaway plan, you know, to because you know, I, I worked at Kmart for a while, and I know at Christmas time people didn't have a lot of money to to be buying stuff outright, but uh, they put some toys in the layaway and pay a little at a time, and by Christmas time, bam, they got their toys for the kids, for the good uh, for the good go- boys and girls, you know. Uh, but uh, you, you know. Ah, yeah, a, a nice. Uh, that's that's a real good thought. Is the planning planning ahead and putting stuff aside. But you were talking about. Uh, uh, I want to talk about the your spirituality, your religion. Uh, that uh, you were born into it. Yeah, I was Catholic when I started. I went to Catholic school, so I I went to church quite a bit. You know, and, and I got uh, you know, the Catholic Church has got its own things but I, I did explore around what what uh what faith are, are you in and how how do you explore that faith because i know that's a big part of your life in fact you know tonight we were thinking about i was thinking about hey maybe we could do this a little bit earlier and then here you, you know you you had stuff to do that you had some spiritual food to to consume tonight tell me about that okay so so yeah so initially then actually we have something in common uh growing up uh, uh, I went to a Catholic school, actually. And so I, I had to go, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord be with thee in this place. Blessed be the mother among all living. And I, I had, and so I would actually, the funny thing about it is, I, I, I started off there in um, kindergarten, going to Catholic school. And I'm going to tell you what, one thing I can say that there was a lot of organization and structure in my life, which I needed. Uh, and um, then the other thing, there were some of the meanest people I ever met, <laughs> Father John and Sister Mary. But, you know, they said, you are going to get this right. And I would get there and hail Mary full of grace. And I would tell them, we got to pray before we eat our food. And so they would let me pray. Well, the thing, the funny thing about it, I messed up about 12 times. And they was like, that's good. That was good. And they just ready just to start clapping. Good. You, you good. You good. <laughs> you know, and I was like, no, I got to get it right. But, you know, the uh, the Roman church growing up, you know, they wanted me to, you know, they, they were kind of diehard and they wanted me to get this right, even though I was a, uh, I was in kindergarten. And uh, that was a, a, a good, you know, organized way of like, man, prayer is important. And so, you know, I even though it was strict, prayer was very important. And I never forget that. I said, wow, prayer. they really wanted me to get this right. So for whatever reason, uh, I that, that that foundation right there, uh, I get carried on later on in my life, you know. And to this day, you know, right now I'm involved in a non-denominational, uh, well, we actually, we call it non-denominational. It's interdenominational. We have people that came from a Catholic background. 
who came from Methodist background, Lutheran background, Church of God in Christ. You know, we have we had people that used to be Jehovah's Witness. So we accept everybody. So it's an interdenominational pretty much church. Um, so we don't really claim a denomination. We just believe in, in Jesus Christ, you know. Uh, people that believe in Jesus Christ, like we just come on, let's fellowship. Um, well, tonight when you call me, we're actually having a prayer connect group. We have connect groups. And what they do is uh, we have different ones. So tonight's connect group was actually a prayer group. And people needed prayer, and they got prayed for, and we uh, think people instantly get healed and progressively get healed. We have people that got prayed for four weeks ago, and the pain finally is, is coming down from a one to ten. It was it was uh, a ten. One lady's her pain was a fifteen. But anyway, we've had uh, people go down to a two or four or a zero. We have people instantly uh, get healings today, and so we've been encouraging each other. Not just um, physical healing, but also emotional healing. I'm hurt. I'm, I, I've got anger in my heart. I feel I got low self-esteem. I, I, there's something on the inside. I don't feel like uh, I'm worth anything. I don't feel like I'm loved. You know, I'm mad at my, my mother for giving me up for adoption or my father for not being there. And actually, we got healed. And I mean, it's a, I'm going to tell you, Dan, it's a... Um, it's a, a, a mode that, that emotional connection that we have to each other and we want to see each other do good. We go out and reach out. Tonight, we invited the whole community out. We invited our church, all of our church, and we invited them to invite the community out and people came out and, and you know, it was just a great fellowship to see people living healthier and happier lives and that spiritual support. That's what I get through my life. I couldn't make it without having a spiritual base. You know, um, I, I've done four tours of duty in the military, Dan, and those four tours of duty are facing the dirt and getting shot at and this and that and bullets and everything else. I wouldn't survive without Jesus Christ. So I, I have to give credit to God, not because of me, but uh, my faith actually reminds me that everything that I've been through, every struggle that I've faced, it's not for me, it's to go out and share and inspire somebody else and let them know you can make it too. So I'm not here for me, I'm here because I'm on assignment to be an inspiration for other people. And so I give faith and credit because I've done some crazy things in my life. I used to love speeding and I, mean, I would try to speed and speed demons and try to make sure I was going 100 miles an hour in a, a Hyundai Excel 1, 1.2. Anything, you know, going downhill, but you know, crazy as it was, I'm still here. You know, I'm here by the grace of God, man. So my faith is, is definitely big in my life. Uh, it teaches me how to love people unconditionally, despite of uh, you know who they are, what they've done. I'm not a judgmental person. You know, I've learned to just love people where they're at. You know. And we may be on different levels. We may disagree on some things. But, you know, as a human being, I believe that God created you and I'm supposed to love you and you're supposed to love me. And the connection to my faith has made me have an appreciation for other people. 
Hey, it's not lost on me that your name is Carpenter. I mean, that's not, uh, yeah, that's definitely something. But it sounds like you found a good fellowship. One of the things that I, I, I've enjoyed, you know, exploring my spirituality, going to different churches and the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, I was in there too back in uh, 2000, uh, you know, and I, I learned about them and I learned, you know, uh, white Baptist, black Baptist, you know, Jewish synagogues and, and uh, even some Muslim stuff and just learning. But the, the thing that, that is like the through line is that, uh, that fellowship. There's always that fellowship. You find, you know, people that, that know that that person next to you, that person that's there on the screen, that's my brother. You know, that's my fellow man. That's that's a person that I need to be beholden to that. I need to be taken care of. If I, you know, first you take care of yourself, make sure that everything's straight with you and then try to take care of somebody else. And that's that's another thing that I get to do with this. What makes you famous podcast is I get to teach people about other people. I get to have good conversations with people like you, James Carpenter. Now, once again, we're about the same age. I'm born in 69. You're born in 71. And it sounds like we had similar upbringings with similar mamas. My my parents were divorced, but I think either just after or just before I was born. But uh, my mom never let me get away with anything. My grandma, my grandpa, those were the ones that, that really took care of me. They, they really helped to raise me. And uh, yeah, I had a shoe throwing mother spoil the rod, you know, that, or spoil the, the child and spare the rod and all that biblical stuff. You know, I, I definitely, you know, but but we were the kids that played outside and I can't get my daughter to go outside for nothing. You know, she's on her video games. How come I was on my bicycle playing in the Everglades, eating alligators, you know, and and uh, jumping alligators with my bicycle, uh, you know. I mean, I'm guessing that you played outside, too. Uh, what is it that 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 one generation, you know, from us to the next generation? Do your kids play outside at least? You know, my kids, uh, they, they do go outside. They not they're not they were not as active as I was. Um, and and I, I'll tell you, I, I think one thing that happened is the technology. Uh, I think that's that's drawing a lot of people. People get addicted to technology, but we were addicted to going outside. Then, I mean, outside, inside was punishment. Outside, you know, and staying inside was punishment. All you had to do, you stand, and you're not going outside to play. And you know, we we ready to throw a tantrum and cry, and like we're sad, we're depressed because we're inside. You know, so now nowadays, this generation, if you tell kids you're staying inside, you're not going out there, like yay, hooray. You know, so it's a difference. But we used to go outside to play the football, the basketball, um, you know, and just thinking about my schedule. We didn't I didn't stay outside a lot. Just like so now we got time change um, getting off of off school about two o'clock, two thirty, two forty five. Had to spend an hour, 45 minutes, you know, get your schoolwork done. And then, you know, I you can go outside to play and then, you know, you got to be ready for dinner or. But me, this is the funny thing. And a lot of people who uh, from our generation can relate to this, I had to be inside before the streetlights came on, you know? And so when I saw a street, I don't care what I was doing, the streetlight came on. I, I said, wow. So the streetlights didn't come on all at once. There were, there would just be one pop on. And then after one pop on, you know, a couple minutes or a minute later, you had another one pop on another one pop on, but before them streetlights came when you see that one street light, you better be booking and hightailing it to the house 
and people was like, wow. So now that wasn't with everybody, but that was my upbringing. You know, I had to be, so I had to enjoy whatever couple hours I had outside playing with my family, uh, my friends. And, you know, so, cause I had to be back home by in a couple hours. I know I got to be in the house. I got to, we're going to sit down and eat dinner as a family which, you know, is something kind of missing now. And then, you know, I could watch TV. I had structure. I could watch TV for an hour or an hour and a half. Then after that, I had to be in bed, you know, 9 o'clock, TV off, take your bath, go to bed. So there was a lot of structure in my life that I don't see in the generation right now. And uh, and, and some of it is our fault. You know, we kind of a little bit more lenient on them and let them have a little bit more liberty and, like I say, this technology is amazing nowadays. Uh, you can reach more people than we can reach. You know, me, I was uh, glad just to play Atari. You know, I, I had that little Atari set, and you can, you can play Atari for 30, 45 minutes or maybe an hour, and then you had to get off. But now people spend their time on video games two, three, four hours, and, and it's an addiction, you know, or social media, you know. I mean, so there's a difference right now in our generation uh, back in then, and we have an appreciation. We're more active, we're more physically fit than they were. I think we're, to me, we're more healthy than they were. And um, you know, yeah, yes, it's, it's just those those factors that right now I see our children. It's it's, it's going. It's, it's never coming back. You know, not with all this technology coming out, social media, the, the network out. It's just it'll never be the same, Dan. Well, I'll tell you, James Carpenter, I'm guilty. I was playing Fortnite before I started talking to you. What was your game of choice on Atari 2600? Mine was Defender. Okay, so I, I used to like Galaxy, and uh, uh, Galaxy It was one of my games, and, and Pac-Man. You know, I, I, I would love Pac-Man. I, I, still, I still love Pac-Man. <laughs> and uh, my, my, I, I, I did like it. My, I would have to go to my friend's house because he had Donkey Kong. You know, and Frogger and things like that. So I would, uh, those games would be like some of my games. But, you know, Pac-Man probably would be one of my favorite and Galaxy would probably be my second one. Well, yeah, Pac-Man, he's eating dots. And we already talked about, you like to go all over the world and eat. Eat whatever dots they got, whatever dots they offer you. So that's fantastic, man. uh, James Carpenter, you've uh, told the people a lot of things. Uh, You know, any other other avenues you want to explore you want to let people know about or any shout outs you want to give to people that have helped you along the way well you know definitely um so i, so I would say this shout outs wise uh michael mctaw they're a great inspiration in my life michael mctaw has been awesome i mean he introduced me to the business and that was the birth of jc travel very supportive that's my brother from another mother and uh definitely shout out to michael mctaw uh, Pat Devolo is another one. He's a mentor. He came down. I was going through um, a, a kind of a, a hard time in my life, a hard place, and, you know, kind of mourning, uh, going through some grief because uh, I, I end up getting a divorce from my wife, you know, and I'll tell you what, when you love your wife or whatever the case is, or you love your spouse, you love somebody and, and they're not with you anymore and you decide to, whatever the case is, it's, 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 it's heartbreaking. You know, I, I'm a, I'm man enough to to say it. You know, um, but I definitely um, Pat Devolo is is definitely Jim Carpenter. I actually got it. Okay, so this let me tell you this, Dan. I got another guy I met at my church. 
His name is James Carpenter, and he is a an Italian guy from he's Italian from um, New York. And I met him, and he he was an usher at the church. And he says, "Hi, my name," but he goes by Jim. He says, "My name is Jim Carpenter," and I said, "For real?" I said, "My name." I said, "Well, my name is Jim Carpenter." I was just joking. And he says, what? I said, let me see. And so I showed him my ID. He pulled out his ID. His name was James Carpenter, just as mine. And actually, we set it off. We became great, great friends to this day. And that's one of my closest friends now. So shout out to James, to, to James Carpenter, Jim Carpenter, as he goes, and DJ, <laughs> DJ Carpenter. I mean, they've been great inspiration in my life. And, you know, you need people like that. Even my pastor, you know, my pastor, um, Joseph Devereaux. I mean, he's been an influence in my life because uh, when you go through hurt, you know, you don't know how much you need people until you need people, you know. And uh, I, growing up, I was there for people. And then when I got my divorce, it was kind of like a dark spot. And I'll be honest with you. And then there were certain um, places I didn't let people know how hurt I was. You know, I was good at thinking, like, I'm all right, I'm all right. But deep down inside, I was hurt. And uh, beyond that, I got a chance to connect, you know, like I say, my pastor and Definitely a blessing in my life. I needed him there. And this day, check him out. Everything go okay with you? Everything go good? And, you know, yeah, I'll be like, okay, you know, this is going to keep me in your prayers. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. So definitely um, a great guy. I got another guy uh, that's a that's, uh, pastor up in Jacksonville. Um, you know, Pastor Jackson, he's been an inspiration. Real life ministries up in Jacksonville, Florida. Great guy, real He'll tell you his story. He'll tell you about it is. They, they don't try to be perfect. And uh, they're not, they're just telling you, hey, look, this is my story. I went through a lot of hard times. And, you know, I'm still striving, striving for perfection, still pressing toward the mark. I'm not perfect. So those guys, I really appreciate them. Um, and, um, you know, then I got Glenn. I got Glenn Keltos. And he's actually helping me on a uh, new product. He made a, a, a vow to help me on a new a project that I'm working on. So uh, one of the things, so let's let's talk about that, Dan. Uh, one of the things I'm working on is a group home, group homes in the community. I see a lot of veterans, homeless veterans, Daytona. I see a lot of homeless veterans in other places. I've traveled around and I've talked to them. And, uh, you know, they say they're veterans. And I say, wow. So some of them, I actually looked, looked up their information, and they are veterans. I've seen even some of them, I've seen their veterans card, but they're homeless. So it, it was on my heart um, to really help. And um, and right now we have group homes. We have a Steadfast Love group home. You can look the information up, steadfastlovegrouphomes.com. And that's something that we're reaching out mainly to veterans. But we're reaching out to people who don't have housing, um, and people who are disabled. Uh, we're also expanding now so that we can help women. We can help. Uh, we got, there's a lot of women that have domestic violence issues. They stand in a situation and, and taking abuse because they have no other way to go, no other where to live. And so we're working on providing housing and connecting them with, so they can get out of that situation. Uh, you know, because some of them are scared to leave, but some of them said, I don't have any place to go and I don't want to be homeless. So they accept abuse, not not because of uh, they think it's acceptable, but they said, I just don't want to be homeless. So um, and we're working on that. We're working on uh, some also, you know, some people that just they grew apart. They had divorces 
and uh, the spouse got this one and the other spouse got this one. And there's a lot of people that ended up homeless um, and have no other place to stay. I talked to one lady and she was, and unfortunately, she wasn't married, but she was uh, cohabitating with a, a, a guy for uh, 10 years. He was a fiance. Well, I, well yes, she got married, but in, long story short, they were together for 10 years and uh, all of a sudden he dropped her for another woman. Uh, she didn't work. He worked. He had all the income and now she's struggling to provide for herself, doesn't have any experience in the job market and uh, used to him taking care of her and so found her homeless. So out of that, my heart birthed and I want to do something. And so Steadfast Love Group Homes is going to be a platform for people that can uh that that need housing you know in the community and we're gonna we're gonna assist them if they if they need to get their benefits we're gonna uh, work on some some team camaraderie some trips to the movies some recognition days some karaoke going to some concerts going to some museums and just helping people who want to you know have a life you know whether you're married or not you know even as a single person you can have a life you can enjoy life you know? a little small trips you know. We're gonna go over, get some rooms over some rooms over on Daytona Beach and do some barbecues and things like that. We can do a staycation, you know. For those of you out there, you know, hey, travel far. It's always a staycation. Staycations are, are pretty fun too, you know. Just getting out of the element. So uh, that's some of the things. That's one of the things that I'm involved in now, and I'm working on. I reached out to the mayor, uh, made some phone calls, and reached out to some of the ministers and the leaders of the city and, and elders and working on how we can help and make a difference on housing people, helping the whole man, helping them get housing, helping them get healing, helping them get whole, helping them get physically fit. There's some people out there, matter of fact, I'm connecting with now um, who just called me earlier. One guy, he's facing depression, you know, and uh, so I have a black card membership at Planet Fitness. Shout out to Planet Fitness, you know. And so I, uh, I have a black card, and I can take him uh, for free because uh, he's underneath my membership. And now he is feeling better about himself. We've been working out for about uh, no, no, let me see, about a month and a half or so, maybe a little bit under a month and a half, a little bit over a month. And he's feeling better about himself, has better self-esteem looking at self in the mirror, uh, standing more erect and tall, has confidence, has posture. And you know what? That just makes me, uh, you know, it, it does my heart warm just to see that. And, you know, one thing I have in mind is I'm going to give uh, my money. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to donate some gym membership to people, you know? maybe pay a couple months gym membership. You know, that, if that makes you feel good, makes you feel whole, makes you feel sexy, or whatever the case may be, if, if that if that can bless people's life, that's a small thing to do, you know, because that's a priceless thing. So, um, yeah, my group homes, uh, definitely that I'm working with, Michael McTaw, my partner, you know, and, and mentor and brother in Christ and all that, definitely being with me on that. And then also, I'm also working on another thing with uh, cryptocurrency, Dan. Uh, I was actually involved in cryptocurrency. A lot of people kind of, shy away from it, but I invested $8,000, a little bit over $8,000, and I made $17,000 back. So my investment, uh, it, it works. There's different cryptocurrencies, Ethereum, the Bitcoins, the, um, I mean, there's uh, NIOC, it's some new BSB, Binance, I mean, um, there, there's all kind of little ways to make money. 
know, there and some of these are actually um, where you could make money as you as you bring in people, kind of like a multi level marketing deal. And some of them you can just make your money on your own, you know. It could, but either way, either way, opportunities to make money if people wanted to make money. So I'm I'm there. I'm a believer in it. I feel this way, Dan. Instead of letting my money just sit in the bank and make 0.1% interest, why not take a risk and put a little bit of money aside? You know, I bought some BSB, uh, $420. And, uh, you know, right now I'm looking at about uh, $800 in my account. But I invested 120 and I'm close to $800 right now. So, you know what? It wouldn't have done that just sitting in the bank. And, uh, you know, I spent a little bit over a month. But you know what? I'm grateful for that. You know, I made money. You know, can I take my money out? I can take forty percent of my money out, and uh, let the other money grow. You know, continue to make. Money. So I believe this, this. This is a saying that I say on the street: Get your money, friend. You know, <laughs> get your money to have have babies and grandbabies and great great grandbabies. You know, so don't put you know don't put contraceptives and birth control on your money. You got the opportunity to make money. Uh, make money, you know, don't let little money stop you from making big money. You know, sometimes the fear of the unknown will stop people from making, you know, bigger money than, than they could make. You know, sometimes it, it could be a small thing. Sometimes it could be credit. You know, if you get your credit right and you can flip a house, you can do something, you know, get your credit right, pay those bill collectors off. And then now the, the little money that you're paying from that could lead to a bigger thing. So, um, I'm involved in that. I'm, I'm involved in a couple of you know, investments and I'm looking at uh, some stocks. So I'm looking at some of the things, uh, wisdom. I'm watching um, um, President Donald Trump's and some of the things he invested in. I'm watching some of the things, Nancy Pelosi. I'm watching some of the things. So there's a lot of opportunities out there. If they're investing in it, then you invest in it. And you don't have to have be a millionaire. It just takes a little bit to grow, you know, and it just takes a small amount that you invest and that, that amount can grow and grow and grow and grow and snowball into something great, but you got to start from somewhere, Dan. So, um, right now, uh, that's one of the things that I'm, those are a couple of the things I'm involved in. And there's a lot more things I have that I'm gonna do, but uh, you know, it, it would take me. I, that's why I got to ask the Lord to let me live to 200 years old. So I can get some of those things that, but I'm going to be sponsoring, you know, for, Going back to, I'm going to be anybody that's connected with me. One thing I like to do is have people uh, have fun. So uh, there's going to be some times like I'm, I have some raffles. I give away gift cards. I want to send the people on a vacation, go to the Hilton for a night. You know, whatever the case is. So, you know, definitely get connected. You know, get connected with me. Get connected even with the people that like to travel. Get connected with some of the travel groups on on, on Facebook. They have travel groups. They also, uh, another thing, they have uh, single travel, um, you know, have some single group travels, and, and they go on vacation as single. You never know. You look for a spouse and like-minded people. You never know what you're going to find, you know. So I'm involved in all of that right now, Dan, and there's a lot more I want to do in my life, um, helping college students, helping underprivileged people that came from the projects, you know, that's in a situation that don't have mentorship, I'm not a perfect person, but I, I can I can be a mentor. I can kind of give people guidance. At this point in my life, I've been blessed by God, and um, you know I, I do have something to offer the world. Uh, I do have something to offer people, 
You know, I love I love to see people happy. So, um, I mean, this is it. If anybody needs, you know, prayer, talk, want to laugh, I mean, I'm that guy that can do that all day. <laughs> you know, so those are some of the things I'm involved in and right now. And, you know, you know, people feel free to reach out to me, call me. Hey, I'm going to be trying to come to your city. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a inquisitive. I need to come over there where you at, man, because uh, I what's going on. I want to find out what kind of nice restaurants and venues got over there. And, hey, I just want to see another place in the world I haven't seen. I want to make sure before I pass away, I see as many other 50 states and some of the other places that I haven't seen it, like, you know, before I, before I leave this earth. James Carpenter, just in the last five minutes, you've given me so much to unpack. Wow, that's fantastic, man. You know, uh, a lot of people, have, and myself included, have a fear of the unknown and that uh, Bitcoin and, and, and stuff like that. All money has been made up. You know, you, we just have to bet on which money is going to be the most, the strongest. And you're betting... Yeah. That you know the Bitcoin is going to help to make you some uh, help to make you some income that you can use uh, to turn around and help somebody else. I mean that's so that's a beautiful thing that you have that in your heart that you want to give people gym memberships to make them feel better about themselves and the steadfast housing. I was looking it up and it it uh, I think the first thing when you look up Steph, steadfast group home at least on my Google it says says something about Hawaii but it sounds like steadfast housing is all over. So actually, excuse me, I, I might have mispronounced that, Dan. Excuse me about that. Steadfast Love Group Home. So let me pronounce it correct. Ste- I, I said that wrong. Steadfast Love Group Home is it's a smaller venue. Steadfast Group Homes was, was a bigger venue, um, and that, that name was taken. So I I, I got excited there. Oh, and no. Love group homes because one thing I said so maybe one thing we wanted to be is you know um, people come you know they have a home they they feel loved they feel appreciated they feel like hey I'm I'm in here and somebody cares about you we don't we don't just want your rent money you know we want to help you live your life we believe that this listen the, the I'm 50 years old mm-hmm. I believe at this point the rest of my life can be the best of my life, you know. There's so many hard hardships and struggles that I had. And at this point, hey, I'm living my life. I'm mentally prepared. I'm, I'm getting myself physically prepared and emotionally prepared. So, you know, it's all about living your life. You know, I don't care how old you are right now. You know, the best of your life, the rest of your life can be the best of your life if you allow it to be and get connected with some people, you know. And, uh, and so when you come to us, we want to find out what you want to do for the rest of your life. We want to find out what your vision is for your life. You know, a lot of people look at uh, uh, big business leaders or pastors and what's your vision. I want to know what's your vision. What do you want to do? What do you want to do in the next five years? What do you want to, you know, God lets you live this on. What do you want to do? What would you like to accomplish? And how can we help you make that happen? What's your dream trip? What's your, you know, some of the foods you would like to go to and eat or whatever the case is. Has anybody ever made you your favorite pie or whatever? I don't know those things, but we want to help you live a quality life and show you love and love that comes from my heart, the love that comes from God directed to you. And, you know, God gets all the glory. You're my brother. You're my sister. Hey, let's connect. Let's have fun. Let's live our life. You'd be surprised at how many people are one week away from being homeless. And all it was was that one paycheck. You, you, you had that one week where you didn't have any income coming in 
and bam, you're homeless. And and your your organization could help them with that that one week, that little push, that little that little boost to help them yeah. get back on their feet and get them into a home and get them into a place to live cuz that that's half the battle right there, man. You living on the streets, you know, you see the people on the street corners and I know we have panhandlers here in Arkansas and you see them and you go Man, why are they there? And and they're standing right in front of a Home Depot that has a help wanted sign. But there's got to be a reason why they can't go to that Home Depot and get and you know get that job. Maybe they you know just need a, a simple a bath. Maybe it's something simple as as a new new set of clothes. You know to uh, you know, just to get them uh, get them there. And I know that's what you're going to be doing with this with this uh, endeavor that you're doing with the stead. Uh, steadfast love group home i appreciate that so much man you know all the riches that this this country has where we can give billions and and, you know billions to other countries our our people should you know at least the people on this dirt should be taken care of as well you know we we there shouldn't be a homeless population you know with all the money that we throw all over the world we should be throwing some of this you know, to our, our part of the world as well. I, I think it's just to, I don't know, maybe maybe it's to, to make us look good to other people in the world, other parts of the world. Hey, they gave us a million dollars. We like those American do- Americans now. Well, you know, the Americans here need some homes too, right? And you're gonna right. be you're gonna be helping with that. All right, man. We, we gotta we gotta wind this thing down. I've already taken a lot of your time. I want and you made me hungry uh, through this whole thing. So I, I need to get some some food in my belly. But James Carpenter Travel that's the the main way to get a hold of you. Well, where else do you want people to connect with you and and how you know what what when they slide into your DMs? Uh, what, what do you what are you open to? Yeah, uh, you know, with the traveling, of course but also with the group home as well, or, or what? Definitely uh, help you to travel, help you with group homes. Uh, definitely, um, you know, if, if you if you want to know about uh, cryptocurrency, you know, I'm involved. I'm not a genius, you know. I'm, I'm just, I'm not a genius, but I'm connected with some people. I, I'm connected with people who made 300000 uh and up. And, and then so, so I have connections to people that can actually give you some guidance on, you know, who are connected to me. Um, and they can help you, you know, even if you needed some financial counseling, you know, I'm connected with some billionaires and some people that that's, they're already where I want to be at in life, you know? And so, um, if, if you need it, and if you need prayer, if you need something, you need somebody to talk to, if you need a recommendation, you know, where, where she, where you want to go, I, I'm here. I'm kind of open. Uh, you know, as long as you know, long we no, nothing perverted, we good to go. You know, I'm, I'm I'm down to earth. You can give me a call and we can talk. You know, my phone number is is uh, three eight six two nine zero eight nine one zero. That's my direct line. You know, and I'm open um, to helping people reach out to communicate. You know, if I can't talk with you right then, because I have a lot of people pulling on me for a lot of things. You know, I'll make some time and and talk with you. You know, one thing, Dan, is, um, and, and I'm not a medical professional, but um, as a result of some of the experience that happened in my life, um, I was able to help some people, uh, you know, to detour, I say help, or detour some people from committing suicide. You know, there were some people ready to give up on life, you know, and uh, so I've been there, I've been depressed, I've been through uh, hopeless moments in my life, and you know, I was, and so as a result of that, I could empathize with them and and let them know and share my testimony and get them through the 
process and they can relate. And, you know, people, you know, decided not to do that. I believe it's because of that. Maybe they weren't going to do it anyway. But, you know, it was some people told me I was getting ready to end my life before I talked to you. So uh, I'm here for you. You know, um, I'm primarily, you know, focused on my, my travel and my group home and then my crypto. But, uh, you know, if you need anything, you know, I'm down to earth and just give me a call, reach out. And if I can do anything or if I can refer you to somebody that can help, I'm not, uh, a, what do you call, I'm not uh, Google or Siri, one of them people that know everything. But if I can get you connected to somebody who can find answers to what you need, hey, I'm, I'm a servant. I believe this. Uh, and this is a, a scripture that I believe from the Bible. He wants to be the greatest in the kingdom. Let him be your servant. So I don't want to people uh, seeing me. I'm not trying to get in the news and the media, the fame and the fortune. A lot of things I do are behind the scenes. Nobody will know about, you know, so I, I believe I'm a great person and I want to be a great person in the sight of God because I serve people. And I love people. Yeah, sometimes all it takes is just a, a word, a friend, a shoulder to lean on. And that's what you're going to be is that shoulder. We, we need to be that for each other. I appreciate that so much, man. James Carpenter, James Carpenter Travel. You know, I, I don't want this to be the last time we talk. I mean, I, I'll i keep uh, following you around on your social media. I already uh, sent you a friend, friend request on your Facebook. So I definitely want to keep up with what you're doing and uh, help to promote whatever you're doing as well. And I want uh, the listeners to to get in contact with you. You know, people that uh, that attempt suicide, they get a lot of attention. Ooh, a lot of attention. But the people that are sitting depressed, they don't get hardly any attention at all. They get shunned. They get pushed aside. Oh, that guy's just depressing. Push him aside. You know, so you're, oh, I, I need to attempt suicide so so I can get some attention. No, don't do it. Don't you do it, man. That's uh you're a wonderful person james carpenter i'm glad to know you i usually finish these things off with last words for the people this could be you know words to live by something you heard a long time ago or just whatever pops into your head at this moment in time james carpenter james carpenter travel give the last words for the people you know it's 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 um I'll say this, you know, for those of you out there, I'm going to tell you what, um, everybody has a, you were designed, you, you, you were created to do something great. And so you may not feel great, you know, and, and some of you may feel great, but there is some greatness in you and there is something that's bigger than yourself. So the dream, keep the dream alive, keep the hope alive. You know, um, a lot of my plans, Got, and I'm going to use this example. A lot of my plans for COVID, it, since COVID-19, that evil person happened or thing happened, uh, it, you know, I tell you what, it was it was kind of shattered some of the things I had planned. But you know what? Keep the hope alive. Stay patient. Stay humble. You know, connect with people who are going in the direction that you want to go. And uh, there is nothing that you can you can't accomplish. You know, you know, life is short. So just like in the military, be all you can be. <laughs> well there you have it party people james carpenter james carpenter travel james carpenter travel.com 
check it out ask for it by name and find james carpenter travel on facebook as well you can connect with him personally on his socials he'll teach you about the cryptocurrency he'll teach you about uh, how to help the homeless or if you are the homeless how are you on facebook how are you listening to this well homeless people got phones you know they just don't have homes okay and people we need to take care of each other unfortunately i don't have the ability to to put homes together by myself but my little bit and his little bit and your little bit and we all put it in that little bit and after a while everybody's got a home isn't that cool isn't that cool oh James Carpenter, man, you got a lot of irons in the fire. I, I thought it was going to be a travel show. I thought it was going to start. It started off there. It started off, a, you know, that's what you're doing. That's your your job. Uh, you'd also do the storm shutters. I know you mentioned that in the beginning and hurricane shutters. And yeah, being in Florida. Yeah. Hurricane shutters is a good idea. <laughs> Get your hurricane shutters from James Carpenter and then uh, travel someplace when that hurricanes are coming. <laughs> with james carpenter and then uh if you need a home go to james carpenter or if you need some spiritual friendliness uh some brotherhood some uh some uh fellowship go to james carpenter (gasps) there's a lot of things you can go to james carpenter about and i'm sure there's so much more i appreciate it so much man thanks for being on the podcast james carpenter james carpenter travel ah this is that's it for this edition of what makes you famous uh, now, if you, yes, you, I'm turning my attention to you, would like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for me. It's keysdanradiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What, the music you want. Hey, guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. Today, there are more than 1.5 billion TV sets in use. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. Follow Keys Dan on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of KeysDan.com. Follow Radio What on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of RadioWhat.com. The music you want is on. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys thank you for listening